Welcome to the Zen of Everything, a Zen take on life, love, laughter, and everything else. With Jundo Cohen, a real Zen master. That's me. And Kirk McElhern, that's me, a guy who knows a bit about Zen. Good evening, Jundo. You're late again. I was out walking. Really? In, in in the dark? Because when we record, it's about 2 o'clock my time, but it's about 10 p.m. your time. So it seems a bit late to be out walking. Well, I was just walking around uh, my little place here, but uh, I like to look at the stars. It's a little quieter in the world uh, these days. It seems fewer people are rushing here and there, and uh, somehow the air is clearer. I don't know. It could be my imagination. No, I don't think it is. I think pollution is down. Um, sounds are different. We talked about the, the silence in our last episode. But it's true. I kind of like walking in the twilight. Um, I live in a village that has no streetlights, and that's really exceptional. So we can sit in our garden and we can see all the stars. In fact, Venus is very bright these days. But we can't go out and walk when it's too dark because it's actually too dark to walk. Well, I never know what I'm going to step over. And or step into. I'm like that kind of guy. But uh, we've been doing a lot of walking uh, recently because it's one of the few activities, I guess, you can get out of the house. You can not be too close to other folks. We don't uh, go into the city. We go out into the country and visit some sites that are a little off the beaten path. And it's beautiful. It's lovely. The kids, uh, the kids uh, complain when we drag them along, but they seem to love it when we get there. Yeah, we have a walking path not far from us. It's an old uh, railway line that they converted into a path for walking and for bicycling. But it's actually too crowded now because people are coming from all over to have a place to walk. Out here in the country, you can't just walk along a road. There aren't any sidewalks or any spaces where you can walk safely. Um, So this walking path is too crowded. Since you're supposed to stay two meters or six feet apart, um, you end up crossing people very often. Yeah, they they closed our mountain. For the same reason we have uh, we're in scuba we have the famous scuba mountain they say fuji in the west mount scuba in the east i it didn't protected... know that was mount fuji no 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 mount fuji's on the other side of uh, oh, I see. tokyo and uh, scuba protected the important northern direction of the ancient capital of edo because uh, bad things would enter from the north so Scuba Mountain is very important to protect the capital, uh, according to tradition. And uh, our mountain is uh, it's uh, twin peaks, like they, it has uh, double peaks there, and it's very famous for hiking. And they've forbidden people to go on the mountain. So uh, it's uh, because for the reason you said, people, you would think you're going out in the country, but you're actually around a lot of other hikers, and they're all huffing and puffing. Yeah, and the paths are generally narrow on those things. You, you can't right. really have enough That's room right. to walk. If it was the width of a road, you could have people walking on either side. But we've been, uh, I've been uh, doing my research, and we've been pick- picking really obscure places, old Shinto shrines, old pilgrimage sites, the ruins of old castles. 
and uh, we're usually the only people out there. And uh, it, it's just a, a lovely thing to do, to go out and get some fresh air. You can't be in the house all the time, but you don't want to endanger other people at the same time. So that's the only way to go. I like how they call a mountain something that is 877 meters high. That doesn't yeah, seem Mount very mountainous Scuba. to me after having lived in the Alps for a number of years. I think I, I spoke to you the other day about how mountains, unlike people, do not compare themselves. They do not have inferiority complex. Yes. Our scuba mountain never says, oh, I'm just a bump compared to the great Mount Everest. It just is Mount Scuba. And how dare you insult our mountain, by the way? <laughs> I'm not we insulted. We can end this right now. This is just a fact I'm reading on Wikipedia, but I get your point. You're, you're, very, you're, you're very protective of your mountain, and that's important. It, it is. It, we are. I'm very protective of our mountain. Mountains and rivers are important. We don't yes, have a mountain, are. but we do have a river. I'm about 100 yards from the Avon River, and my partner and I walked down there last night to look at the, the ducks and the geese and the swans, and we found two ducks sitting by the river with two little ducklings behind them. It was very quaint. Well, our place here is uh, abutting the great Yatta River. You've heard of the Yatta River? No, I haven't, but I'm going to look no, it up. No, no one on... has heard of the oh, okay. Yatta River. But the Yatta River used to be a great river and is now three meters wide <laughs> when it how, passes how, our house. How do you spell that? Uh, Y-A-T-A. G-A-W-A, the Yatagawa. Yatagawa, Yatagawa. Yes, in Scuba. Wikipedia says. Yatagawa Station, and that's about all they have about Yatagawa. So I guess your river is not very well known. No, it it used to be a wonderful river. It was important for bringing the rice to the, again, the ancient capital of Edo, where the shogun was. Uh, It used to be important, and now it's uh, it's basically... Canal, but it's 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 lovely. We one of the walking trips we did is we walked the length of the Yatagawa, quite quite far, and it gets wide. You know the river; it's an amazing thing. The further you get down it, it gets wider, yeah, until it is actually goes from three meters to a full probably seven meters uh, across. Yes. The Avon here is probably only about seven meters. It's a very small river. You don't get much traffic on it. You can get these long boats sometimes that go down the river. But we didn't want to talk about rivers. We wanted to talk about walking. And when you proposed the topic of walking, I said, that's perfect. Because last night I was sitting in my garden in the evening. And when we say garden here, it's like you would say yard in the U.S. So behind our house, we have a large space. It's a lawn and it's got bushes and flowers. It's about the size of three tennis courts. So I was sitting there and I was just enraptured by the bird song. And as we discussed in the last episode, I just sat and I just meditated to the bird song. When a bird yeah. sings, my attention goes that way. When another bird thing sings, my attention goes the other way. And I did that for about 15 minutes. And it's one of the most relaxing things. And then after a while, I got up and I... I didn't really circumnambulate the garden, but I walked around the edges about 10 minutes to walk all the way around very slowly, kind of like Kinin in uh, Zen, the Zen meditation walking that we'll certainly discuss. And it's a very relaxing feeling to do that. Now, of course, in a garden like this, the the grass isn't um, even all the way across. So I have to pay Mm. attention where I step. Otherwise, I could sprain an ankle or something. So I can't 
um, lose myself as much as I could when I'm walking, say, you're walking on a, on a, a path someplace where you know it's going to mm. be flat. But it's a fascinating thing to do that slow meditative walking, I find. Well, uh, a principle of Kin Hin, and we are going to talk about walking the Zen way today. That's one of the topics, because since people are going to be doing a lot of walking, they could learn to, to walk as a, a meditative practice. But one of the things about Kin Hin is you could theoretically do it inside the diameter of a single atom. Tiny steps. Tiny steps. Now, you're moving... Unlike uh, when we do seated meditation, we're, we're just seated. Here we are taking a step forward, but there's no distance too far or too small. As a matter of fact, we say that every step actually includes the entire universe. So you're stepping light years, but at the same time, you could be stepping just an atom. But we usually step slowly. We take half a step forward with each breath and half a step again with each breath. As the breath naturally rises to the top, we take half a step forward. But, you know, when you're out hiking, you don't have to walk that slowly. It's more important to walk without a goal. To walk, to just walk, without trying to get someplace. Exactly. I like to say that each step is the arrival. And the next step is also its own arrival. Usually we walk to get someplace. We see a distant goal and we're going to rush to get there. And the faster, the better. This is how we live our life. But in this case, you don't have to stand still. You don't have to take a step of uh, the size of an atom. You can walk normally, but at whatever pace you're walking, know that every step takes you to the only place to be in that step. How often do we walk that way? Very rarely, I'd say. We generally walk to get someplace. <clears throat> yes. And you can. You do get someplace. You, you can be walking the same pace as always, but your attitude changes. You're, instead of just thinking about the future and where you, you must be later, now you think that the only place I must be is now. And on that path I was mentioning earlier, I like to do that when the weather's nice, which hasn't been a lot lately. Um, I like to take those slow walks of just to go until I feel like turning around. And then I turn right. around and then go back. Um, right. And sometimes in my office, um, I will walk. And, and I, I walk for a couple of reasons. One is when I'm working and I need inspiration. I don't know if you feel this way, but walking always inspires me, gives me ideas. Um, it does. You, you've been sitting at a desk for a while and you need to get up and move. So if I go from one corner of my office to the opposite corner, it's about 10 steps. And if I do Kinhin style, it's like 20 steps because you're taking shorter steps. But I like to do that during the day a couple of times, just the normal steps. And I turn that into a sort of a meditation while I'm thinking about what I'm trying to get inspired about. Well, you know, walking inside is beautiful. And, and really, if you think about it, the inside and the outside are just the same space. If, if I have the outside and I put four walls and a roof, it's suddenly the inside, right? And if I knock the roof off and knock down those walls, then that same space is the outside. So 
you would think that walking inside is just the same as walking outside. But in fact, Zen folks for centuries love the outside. We love the outdoors. We love those rivers. We love those mountains because they're good for the heart. They free us. A little green, a little fresh air, it's good for you. And these days when we're cooped up in the house, it's good to get out. Now, if you're in an ur urban area, it's really hard. But if you have any chance, I, I think it's a big mistake that they're closing these parks, but I understand yeah. that they need to close the parks to get all the, because people will go there in large numbers. But if you can get away from people and get away into the trees and the grass, it's good for you. I think that uh, the part of the joy of walking, like you're describing, is the movement itself, is the rhythm you develop with your breath, even if you're not doing it in a meditative fashion. Um, yeah. But also part of it is seeing green, right? Seeing nature around you. Whether you're seeing the green, whether you're walking on a shore and you're seeing the ocean, it's seeing that natural landscape. And you know, I grew up in New York City, and one thing I really liked to do when I lived on the Upper West Side is on Sunday mornings, I would often get up and I would walk down to Greenwich Village. Um, it would take about two hours, and I would walk down these avenues, but Sunday mornings, they weren't very crowded. And it was just the enjoyment of the movement through the space that wasn't crowded that I really enjoyed. And then, of course, I'd reward myself at the end by going to a record store, a bookstore, and someplace to eat. Well, Greenwich Village, you, you see some wildlife down there of a different kind. Yes, good uh, point. Yeah. Some, you, you, that's, a, that's a zoo in its own way. Down yeah. There, I think. But another thing I'd like to say about Zen walking is notice, notice, notice. And not only notice things, but notice without criticism or running commentary. For example... When we're walking, we tend to have our head full of thoughts, and you could have all kinds of things around you that you see every day that you never notice. Now, yesterday, my wife and I heard about this little Shinto shrine, that if you go there, there for hundreds of years, they found a mysterious stone, and you go there for this stone, and it has curative power. And we thought, well, these days, that couldn't hurt. And what you do is they have little <laughs> stones there, and you take one of the little stones away. It's, it's all on the honor system, and it protects you. You promise to bring it back in one year. And for okay. one year, you, you take the power of the stone. Does it work? It couldn't hurt, as we say. So we went. But you know, we found the Shinto shrine in a place, after searching for about 20 minutes, it was right before our eyes, and it was a place we've been a thousand times and never noticed it was there because our heads were always looking at the road or preoccupied with some thought, and it was always sitting right before us. And then we finally noticed it's been there all along. So we walk, and we never see. I'm as guilty of it as anyone. And also, when we see, don't judge. Now you, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm still a little concerned that you criticized our mountain. <laughs> All right. I will make Our mountain's Jundo. too small. I will make I thought you're, you know, you're from the place. What, what was that movie? It was a hill, and then he adds a foot, and it becomes a mountain. The man who went up a hill, and it came down a mountain. You remember? Anyway. No. Uh, don't criticize. See things as they are. Accept them, whatever they are, and you will see treasures all around. A stone that is amazing. A tree with a fantastic shape beautiful 
flowers right at your feet. Just look and don't judge. So Kinhin meditation is often used in combination with Zazen, uh, alternating yes. periods of Zazen and Kinhin when you're doing long sessions, like a weekend or a week, correct? This is uh, true, and there, there are a couple of reasons for this. Uh, number one is it teaches us to get off the cushion and bring our practice out into the world a little bit. We have okay, the same I want to interrupt and say the number one reason is probably because people get so stiff that the Zen dudes had to figure out a way to keep them moving and make sure that they could sit for a whole weekend. No, I was trying to get, yes, I know, that's the real reason. Okay. I was trying to give okay. it first the, 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 the spiritual, we're right. trying to bring our practice into the world. But the, the other reason is, yes, be, to give your tush a break, of course. And yes, to stretch you your legs. Yeah. Yes, you know. You got to stretch your legs. You got to get the circulation going. That's true. And it's also the bathroom break. Yes. Uh, <laughs> it's you, like a drum solo at a tea, rock concert. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's the, the time. Uh, these days, it's the time I've seen the young monks, you know, get up from the Zazen and the, for the Kinhin, and they're out back checking their, their smartphone. They're not supposed to, but that really? goes on too. Ooh. Well, it happened. Yeah. No, Kinhin, you should, uh, of course. Just be walking to walk. You can't I, really easily do kinhin in public, though. I mean, you can't just do it walking down a street. Maybe people might do that in Japan, but people would look at you very strangely if you walked like that. Well, no, you don't have to look like you're doing it. I do it, I don't know if it's kinhin. I do it on the subway when uh, I was riding. Of course, I'm holding a strap, so it's kind of in between. It's, I'm moving, but the train is moving, and I'm just standing there. But I, ha I have done it uh, just kind of slow walking. You don't have to have your hands in some special position. It's more the attitude with yeah. which you're walking. It's not the speed. It's not yeah. the speed. Yeah, it's true that Kinhin, uh, if you follow the rules, you have to have your, what is it, the right hand under the left hand and the thumbs together yeah, in a certain you. way. Um, right. And so that kind of... If someone sees you doing that and they know what you're doing, they'll recognize it immediately. But even if well, you were in a city walking slowly, people would bump into you and they'd yell at you. They'd say, hey, get out of the way. Well, uh, yeah, I'm, you know, people ask me, why do we keep our hands in that traditional position on our chest with one fist and the other hand over? And I said, well, you got to do something with your hands. You can't put them on top of your head or stick them in your pocket. I mean, you could. But uh, we put the hands on the chest just because it's a nice place to hold the hands. But if you're in the city, it's you can walk at a normal pace. Don't rush. Don't be too slow. Yeah, it's just, just the intention walk. that matters. Right. Usually we're in the city, we're rushing, rushing. I got to catch this. I got to catch the train. I got to get to my appointment. In this case, just walk whatever speed it is, but forget the rush, forget the goal, and just be in the motion of that moment. I've been a student of the Alexander Technique for quite a long time. And yeah. for those who don't know, I won't go into it too much, but it's a way of learning to use your body more efficiently. And a couple of years ago, I had a teacher locally, and we went onto this walking path near me for me to walk and for her to, to help guide me. And what's interesting to notice is that once you stop having a goal – a certain amount of tension just re just releases from your body, particularly your back. 
When you're walking right. just to walk, your entire body feels lighter. Um, your body goes upward instead of hunching forward to try and propel yourself forward. So mm. the physicality of the in, of the intention itself is really interesting. Yeah, I it's uh, I think it does change the way we carry ourselves. It definitely reduces the stress in the muscles. I feel when I'm walking in a relaxed way that I'm relaxed. And when I'm walking with tension or in a rush, I feel rushed and tense. It, it's very easy. And, you know, it's not just the walking. You take the same attitude to many things, gardening, to washing the dishes, to doing the laundry. Uh, you can bring that same lack of intention into the rest of your life. But when you walk, walking is a very special practice. And you, you can walk with friends and, and talk or be silent together. Uh, it's it's wonderful. You know, I'm as I said, we're exploring our town here, and I'm discovering aspects that somehow were always before my eyes, but I have never truly seen before because I'm, I was busy. But now we go and we just look and we're together. The kids are enjoying it. The family's enjoying it. And uh, it's a lovely time. You were saying something earlier about um, how you notice things, um, the, the trees and the river and all that. And what I find as an amateur photographer is that I've developed a sort of an eye from doing photography and looking at photographs that allows me to look at things differently. And particularly when I slow down, because I'm looking for interesting patterns. Mm. Um, and slow walking is really good for that. When you're rushing, I find that you're, you're looking too far ahead and you can't see things the same way. So that kind of matches what you're saying about discovering things in your town. Well, I would say the Zen eye is a little different, perhaps, from the photographer's eye. Because most photographers I know are trying to get the beautiful shot or the interesting shot. In the Zen eye, every shot is the beautiful and interesting shot, just as it is. It doesn't have to be from a particular angle. The lighting doesn't have to be right. It could even be a rusty tin can on the street. It could be a, a, a crack in a broken window. It could be anything if you take it just as it is. You don't have to look for perfection. Everything is perfectly just what it is. So walk with that attitude too. Don't try to change anything or get it better. Now, what you said is interesting because that's my approach to photography. I'm not looking ah. for spectacular sunrises. I'm looking for things that just grab me. And in fact, I'll put a link in the show notes. Um, I have a wooden tea tray. Every morning I put my teacup uh, with the right. tea in it on the tray, take it into my office. And a couple of weeks ago, I picked up my cup and the water from the teacup had made a circle on the tea tray that looked like an Enso. I'll put a link in the show notes to a photo I published on my website that I call Tea Tray Enso. And I'm always looking for that sort of quirky thing. I'm not looking necessarily for the beauty, as you say, a crack in a window or, or a branch at a specific angle. That's what interests me in photography. Okay, I'm going to try that. The next time my wife yells at me for putting the cold glass on the wooden <laughs> table without the coaster, I'll say it's just art. You'll say I'll it's an that. Enso. It's more than just art. Yes, 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 yes. I'll, I'll try that. But can I say something, uh, too, about uh, just exercise? We're all cooped up. If you're like me, uh, you know, I gotta, we got to struggle right now to get the exercise. I used to go to a gym. I can't go now. Yep. Right? Uh, 
and uh, they're telling us to stay home. And a lot of us are staying home too near the refrigerator, you know? <laughs> uh, and uh, so this is one of the things we could do. There are very few things we can do to get the exercise we need. Walking and bicycling is one of the few ways to keep social distance. And that's another benefit of walking. Assuming you live in a place where you can walk, and for many people right. that's not possible. Um, my son lives in Paris, and he lives in an apartment building. He lives a, a block or two away from a very nice park, and, and he's a runner, so he used to go there to run, but they've closed the park, as you mentioned earlier. So he really has nothing to do like that. His apartment's a bit small, um, so he does go out and walk a little bit, but he doesn't have that kind of option that I have in the country that you have in a town where you can go someplace. I guess it is in uh, some of the big cities, but maybe early in the morning or before people are out. There, there are ways I think you can get if you keep and keep distance from others. Uh, it's such a shame we have to say, "Oh, we need to keep distance." I, I it's so against well, the, it's my for heart. Our own safety right now. Yeah, I yes, it, I, I I know it is, but uh, but there are ways even in the city. I'm sure. Uh, uh, to just get out there. Don't sit all day. Uh, it, it, we must. We have to find ways to to move. Okay. I, I wonder if I wonder if uh, virtual walking using media could it? You're you're much more conversant on this. Aren't you? Do you think that the virtual walking you on a screen could be the same? No. You can get treadmills that have screens, and they're designed for running. Uh, you set programs, and you see videos of different things. You may be running on a flat surface. You may be running uphill, and the treadmill uh, increases the tension. Um, they have this with exercise bikes as well, that the screen shows you that you're doing a stage of the Tour de France, for example. I, I have a treadmill, actually. I don't particularly like walking on it because... You take one step forward, and then the treadmill moves your your foot back, and it's not the same as when you're walking and propelling yourself. and And it's better than nothing if you can't get out, but it's a, it's a strange feeling. You know, I'm a big proponent uh, of uh, online media. I have uh, we sit zazen online, and I tell people all the time that if your heart is open to it, being together in a room or being online is just the same. But I must confess, in this case. I don't think you can fully capture the experience of being out in nature yet uh, just on a screen. No, I'm afraid we can't. Well, I think we should end it here because it's time for me to go out and take a walk. Well, I'm going to go to bed, but I'm going to get up in the morning and I'm going to be back walking too. And you know where I'm walking to? Uh, Mount whatever. What was it called? No, we can't go there. Uh, okay, sorry. <laughs> where are you walking to I have to no... I have no idea where we're walking tomorrow, and that's part of the fun. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe in iTunes or in your favorite podcast app. Please give us a rating. Tell your friends. You can check out past episodes at our website, zen-of-everything.com. And if you want Jundo to answer your questions, send us an email at podcast at zen-of-everything.com. Thanks for listening.